Excuse me, excuse me. We're ready to begin. Can everyone take your seats, please? Ladies and gentlemen, photographers and friends, I have just returned from the PhotoPlus Expo 2015 International Conference and Expo. This is the largest photography imaging show in North America. When I was there, I had the opportunity to touch, try, and compare photography products and services from more than 225 exhibitors. After that, I have concluded the state of the photography industry is strong. This is the Shutterbug Life Podcast, episode 42, and I share my takeaways from Photo Plus Expo. Shutterbug Life Podcast. If photography is not just something you do, but who you are, this is a place for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything you need to be, do, or have to reach your true potential. Let's celebrate the creative photographer's lifestyle with your host, my dad, Linford Morton. Hi there, welcome to the Shutterbug Life podcast, episode 42. This is your photography lifestyle podcast. I'm your host, Linford Morton, but of course, you can call me Lynn. Now, this is the podcast for us photography enthusiasts, and we try and get to everything you need to be to do to have to reach your true potential. And so I'm really excited about this podcast because I think we touch on all three in this one. This is the State of Photography 2015, or my takeaways from Photo Plus Expo. And of course, many of you know, because I've announced that last week I was up at the Photo Plus Expo and I saw a number of you there while I was, you know, there for the three days. And I thought this, you know, this was such a great opportunity because I get to go and see and, and, and what's coming down the pike in the photography industry, I get to see and touch and play with all of the the camera products we've been looking at all year long, and I get to hear directly from the manufacturers what they think about certain things. So it's it's a lot of fun, and I've come back from that experience, and then there is the how do I now take that mountain of information and make it into something that's interesting and useful? And so what I've decided to do was break this up into five areas where I saw things that were new and noteworthy. And in those five areas, we will sort of report out on what what we learned and what questions I got after what I've learned. And I sort of thought of this as a state of the union kind of an update. That's why you got the silly intro. Because it's sort of like once you look at this in in sort of a macro or holistic terms, this really is the state of the photography industry once we get um, once we get in get deeper into it. So that's what we'll talk about today, and I'm so glad that you're here to join me. Before we do, just a couple of the updates. I just want to thank all of you who took the time to respond to the survey because. 
my goodness, you gave me such good information. And I've read every one of the of the survey responses and started thinking a lot about what I've seen there. And many of you really took the time to share thoughtful and and honest uh feedback with me on what you think works and where you think there can be improvements. And I certainly appreciate everyone who took the time to do that. Just really good information there. Again, I took the time to look over each one. In the coming weeks, I'm going to then go back and uh, and crunch numbers with it, look at some trends and see um, what we might be able to extrapolate and uh, use as decisions to make this podcast even better and even more helpful or useful for you. So thank you again. When I when I see all of the trends and suggestions, I'll report out to you not only what you said, but what will happen as a result of your input. So again, thank you so much for that. If you haven't had a chance to do it yet, you still can. The survey is still up and available. So you just go to shutterbuglife.com and then forward slash search and input survey and that'll bring it right up. So that's that's it for that. And then the second thing is this is really a teaser slash save the date ish kind of a thing. Um, I started working on the New Orleans trip, of course, and we are narrowing and I've pretty much um, decided on eight, the weekend of April 1st as the weekend we will go back to New Orleans. A number of you have been asking about that. You know, when will you go back and uh, and I know a number of you are interested in photographing New Orleans, which is such a, such a great city to shoot. So that's coming up again this spring. We're looking at the the first week of weekend in April as our time. But I will be sharing more details on that as as we go forward in the next couple of weeks. But I just wanted to put that bug in your ear that the New Orleans trip is coming so that you can start to think about it and start to prepare for it. So. Um, I'm excited about that and looking forward to getting back to the Big Easy and shooting with you. So make sure you put aside um, a little notch on your calendar and an envelope to start saving. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for the announcements. Now let's get into the episode feature. So last week, I was one of 21,000 photographers, filmmakers, students, educators from around the world who attended Photo Plus Expo in New York City. Now, for those of you don't, who don't know, Photo Plus features almost 100 educational seminars, photo walks, master classes, and as I said before, 225 exhibitors displaying the latest products and services in the photography industry. Heck, I even added my own, hosting a free photo walk. Uh, on that Friday out in Harlem. And thank you so much for those of you who came out and joined me because we had just tons of fun. Now, I use Photo Plus Expo as my opportunity to get caught up in a lot of the trends in the photography industry. And then also, as I said, speak directly to the manufacturers about their products and their plans to touch and feel things that we've been reading about and hearing about. And, uh, you know, it's, it's different when you talk to, if you go to, let's say, a photography store and ask them about a Canon lens or a Canon camera or, let's say, a Sony camera, then if you go and talk directly to a Sony rep who knows in the insides and outs of it. So this is always a great opportunity, I think, for those of us who are into 
who are into photography to see what's going on. And, and for me, it almost became more like a state of the industry kind of a feel because I got to, you know, at the end of the weekend, I got to maybe step back and look and see where we might have some trends coming across photography. So I titled this episode, The State of Photography 2015, sort of a take a, a turn on, it, on the State of the Union kind of an approach. And then it will be made up of my takeaways from Photo Plus Expo. Now, as I said before, I focused in five areas. One, cameras. And more specifically, we'll talk about how where the innovation is coming in, in cameras, which uh, I'll hint, hint, it's in the mirrorless sector. We'll talk about software because now software is where we do our post-production for most of us who are shooting in, in the digital format. And that used to be, that used to be um, just Photoshop, but now we have so many more options. It's an interesting thing to think about. Now, the third one, after we, we look at software, I, I, I thought about you know where where are the um, the new frontiers and it was clear if you walked around the show floor that it was going to be in drone and uav photography um that was the big change you saw on the floor this year compared to if you were on the show floor four or five years ago there were just so many more not just drones and and other uh vendors who had things to go along with drones, but just a lot of questions and a lot of energy on that topic. So number four is, I thought was money. Um, you know, the thing about photography is we all know that this is not a, uh, an inexpensive hobby or, or, or bus business, at least to get started when you talk about just the equipment you need. And and that just doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon. So I, I thought, well, you know, one of the topics could be affordability. Like, how do you afford, you know, if you don't want to have a lot of money to spend to 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 have fun with photography? And uh, and then I I, I, I went a little further. I said, if I only had a hundred bucks to spend here at the show, how would I spend it? And uh, <laughs> boy, that became a little more challenging than than I guess you would think. So we'll talk about affordability. And then number five will be education, because one of the things you will want to do or we all do as we as we choose this, this, you know, photography, this, this photography as our as our I, I don't know, our hobby enthusiast uh, or business or just our thing then there's the learning that goes along with it. You know, how do we reach that point where, I, as I said in the intro, to be, do, and have everything we need to reach our true potential. And education becomes one of the pillars that will be important to all of us if we truly want to get better. And just walking around the show, the education options just at the show, for me, almost mirrored what it would look like if we tried to do this you know, outside of the show and, and, and just regular life, there were just uh, so many options. I, I, I started to wonder how we begin to make sense of it and um, of all the options. So that's what we'll talk about today. We'll, we'll touch on all five of these topics. And and this consider this more, this episode, the overview that introduces the state of photography. But each of these topics really deserves its own episode, and so each of these topics will get its own episode. 
So what we'll do today is really introduce each of the five topics. And in introducing them, I'll probably raise more questions than I answer, quite honestly. But know that when we get to it in the next next several weeks, that we will dig deeper. In some cases, I'll have to bring in some other people to interview some other experts on the topic, and uh, and then you know we'll, we'll all become smart on uh, the state of the industry. So when we begin 2016, we know exactly what we're looking at, all right? So so that's 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 the plan for today, and and that's uh, the way ahead, if you will. Now. Let's go back and work through the list. Number one was cameras. And, uh, you know, much of the innovation now is happening in the mirrorless sector. And uh, it's, you know, we've, we've talked about this in an, on an earlier episode when we talked about mirrorless cameras. But what I've learned in, in sort of going and, and trying to make some sense of it is that it, it really is uh, like trying to navigate a jungle. So, you know, what do I mean by this? If, if you're trying to buy a DSLR, if you wanted to buy a DSLR, the, the decision points are fairly simple. You're usually buying from one or two manufacturers, if, if you ask me. You're usually looking at Canon or Nikon. And beyond those two manufacturers, you're usually looking at two different formats. Either, and and this, those formats relate to the size of the sensor. So you're either looking at what's called the APS-C, which is about... Um, you know, um, half the size of the other format, which is called full frame, which is the full size of of what would be a 35 millimeter negative. So usually you're looking at either two manufacturers and within those two manufacturers, two, two formats based on the sensor size. And with it, w- between those, you can pretty much even things up across the board, apples to apples, oranges to oranges, because up and down the line for both those manufacturers, if you look across both of those formats, all of their models usually track side by side. There's usually an equivalent on the other side. So you can go side by side and decide which one do you want and know that you're making a good comparison. The problem is if you once you get into the mirrorless side, there is just no such standard anymore. There are no such ways to, if you wanted to put apples against apples or oranges against oranges, to really do that, to make a good decision across platforms and across manufacturers. There's just so many of them out there. As a matter of fact, almost as we talked about in the last mirrorless last mirrorless episode, almost every manufacturer has a mirrorless option. And more than so than the people who aren't even in the DSLR market um, are are thriving in the mirrorless side. And then once you say, okay, so there are five, six, seven people who all make mirrorless cameras good. Let's look across all, you know, all of them and, and try and see how we can compare. The next thing you find is that they all sort of look at it differently. So you have Sony who is looking at mostly going full frame now. At the Sony table, there are only, I think, two two non-full frame offerings, and those were two of the older ones in the lineup. 
And then you make your way over and you might go, let's say, to a Fuji table or the Fuji booth. And there are no full frames there because that's not their thing. And then you may go over to maybe Olympus and and their whole thing is we're a, a micro four thirds format. And so going from booth to booth, from manufacturer to manufacturer, you find so many different options and so many different ways of of looking at it. So, okay, how do you make sense of it? And this becomes the the challenge. And this becomes a challenge as you see all this innovation continuing in the mirrorless sector. So, for those of you, if you've taken my workshop and asked me a question and I said the answer to every question is it depends, well, my apologies to you because this is all I got from from each of the manufacturers as I try to go and say, okay, how do I make sense of, of, you know, the 10, the 10 models you have laying here on this counter. And of course the answer is always, well, it depends, you know, depends on what you want to do. And so what I ended up doing was saying, creating my own use case and saying, okay, fine. My, what I want to do then is get a walk around camera. I'm a DSLR shooter. I don't want to take my DSLR everywhere with me. I just want to take something that I can slip into a bag or for you ladies, a purse, a pocket or a purse, or just a messenger bag so that I make sure that my camera is always with me. What do you have for that? And so based on that, I was able to then go to each table and get a feel based on, okay, what fits that use case in your line? And from there, I was able to make sense of it. When we get into this episode, I'm going to just sort of dig deeper with my findings there. But that was the only way to sort of make sense. And even then, you still knew that you weren't going to be matching things up um, across the line. So you've got to come up with your own use case. Now, for years or however long the mirrorless hasn't been in its ascendancy, the use case has always been that it's the compact option. Because I don't want to take the big DSLR everywhere with me, I can use the mirrorless cameras and they're going to be, and it's going to be small enough to, you know, be pocketable or to take uh, a a body and a few lenses and not have to carry this huge honking backpack. And and, and in essence, that was the, the, the use case I presented to them. But however, when you start looking at some of the new mirrorless uh, cameras coming out, you see that that's not always going to be the case. Comparatively, maybe. But when you look at a full frame mirrorless camera with a telephoto lens on it, it is no longer, oh, yeah, and a battery pack on the bottom of it, because that's how they're showing a lot of them now. So I have a mirrorless ca- mirrorless uh, cam interchangeable lens camera, a battery pack which goes on the screws onto the bottom of it, and a telephoto lens. I now have a camera that's about the same size as a small DSLR and accessories. It's so it, it's no longer compact. It, it, to me, it just looks and feels. Now it's not going to be as big as a Canon one one DX with a seventy to two hundred on it. But it sure ain't small either. So now we have to come up with, okay, what are the new use cases? And I think the technology becomes the new draw, even though it's not a DSLR. You know, little things like the optical viewfinder. So when I look through my viewfinder, um, 
the, I'm sorry, the electronic viewfinder. So when I look through my viewfinder and I'm overexposing a photograph, I see that before I depress the shutter. And boy, that's going to be, uh, that kind of thing leads to the, uh, the, the quality of life improvements that make a difference when you're shooting. So, so in cameras, this is the kind of thing I'm, I'm going to be looking at. How do you, and the question that results from it is how do you now look at all of the innovation and all of the models and all of the different cameras coming out in the mirrorless sector and make sense of it? Number two is software. You know, once upon a time, Photoshop was the only thing going. Photoshop became not just a noun with a verb. You wanted to Photoshop yourself out of a photograph. Photoshop was the thing. And, and Adobe with the stranglehold then brought us Lightroom. And Lightroom taught us not just how to edit, but also how to do some workflow management and organize our photographs. And oh, by the way, we can do most of our real editing within Lightroom. And so these two became sort of de facto, so much so that anyone else who's wanted to enter the market several years ago did so by creating by creating um, software that worked within within those within those um, within those products. So, you know, now we are seeing as I walk around the show floor, many of the products that used to be plugins for Lightroom are now becoming standalones. And then the other thing is they're making it easier and easier to do what used to be really hardcore editing. And I think, I mean, that's a good thing, I guess. I'm not sure how what I how I feel about this. I, I, I've always been more of an in-camera guy. And with my background, which was in, in photojournalism, I've always been loath to really change too much in a photograph. I, I do just the kind of cl cleaning up and editing that will make the photograph, you know, sharper or make it pop more, but I'm not changing anything that would be truth. That's just my own personal preference. But I know there are lots of people who do really cool work, like Jenna Martin in one of our early episodes, who does more surrealistic photography. And so she, you know, takes many hours to work within Photoshop to move things around and do some compositing. I, I can really appreciate the artistry in that, but it, I just know it's not for me. Oh, all right, so whatever, cool. We all have to know what works for us. But if you look at the software now, the new trend is to fix a lot of that stuff that took a long time with one click. Uh, you know, there's this one, and I'm going to go into all these software um, software options when we go when we deal with this separately as a standalone episode of, of the podcast. So now you can take a photograph and with one click it will do like a thousand different um, evaluations. Let's say of a face, it will tell if the person is male or female, young or old, and then it will make adjustments and clean up you know, wrinkles, but not the mole. It, it, and they're just so sophisticated now. It's just amazing that with one click, you can do the kind of work that would, that took you hours in the ubiquitous Photoshop of ore. So is that good or bad? I don't know, but it's coming along so that you can do a whole lot of work and you can be perfect without much work. I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I'd be interested to hear more about it from you once we get into that episode. But we'll look at, at, at several the, the top options when we when we deal with this. 
and the, the, the pros and cons of each of them. And then you can decide for yourself. So software is one where you're seeing just a lot of growth uh, so that people are coming out from under the shadow of the Adobe products and standing alone and giving you enough functionality that you probably don't even need any of the Adobe products anymore. Number three, when you think of where the new frontier is, I think of the beginning of the old Star Trek, you know, space, the final frontier. And these are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. And you see the Starship going into the into the darkness with the stars, with the, all of the stars going by. I feel like this is where we are now with drones. We're flying into the new frontier and it's dark and we don't know where we're going and we're figuring it out. But I know that every there's, there's a big rush to get there. If you just looked at the show floor in terms of who was there this this year, there are just so many more drone operators. Well, I mean, any is more than there were four years ago. So we have several drone operators. We have new entrants into the market. There used to be just two or three people who were making the drones. Now more there, and and then the true the the true um, the the true I guess the way to tell is that there are just a lot of companies there who only exist to to provide add-ons and accessories for the drone and drone market. And so now there's a whole other little sub-cottage industry springing up, and they're all outside on the floor too. And what's interesting is I as I walk around the show floor and make my way you know, to the uh, the convention center, I hear so many conversations about drones. I overhear conversations where people are talking about the new drone thing. And in any conversation, every conversation I hear, I hear more questions than answers. And people are just wondering, okay, what does this really mean? You know, who can fly these things and what usage, uh, you know, for what usage can I, can I, must I just use them for fun? Can I use them for my business? Oh, by the way, the FAA is starting to regulate them now. What does that mean? What will the government require of me? And what if I'm not just thinking about the United States? What about other countries? And there are so many things. As drones become more and more popular, there's a sense that the government will never catch up and never be able to go fast enough. It's already out of the bag. And then, too, as we're all trying to figure it out and, you know, we'll five years from now will we all be flying drones with cameras on them and in meetups just for fun so it should be interesting we need to get a lot smarter on this one and and for this one i have i think i've got a couple experts i'm looking at bringing on to talk about this topic and to help us learn what we need to know about this and if it's uh, this is something that we can be uh, we can look at for just not our own personal use but also for our professional uses Number four is the whole affordability thing. I mean, you could go broke trying to keep up with all the new cameras and accessories and everything else out there that's new and cool. And but we know this. I mean, I walked onto one into one booth and the, the camera man, manufacturer representative announced that this was the best camera I could buy for a thousand dollars ish. And he said it probably like a thousand dollars was a steal, and I guess in context, a thousand dollars is a steal when you're looking at buying stuff for cameras. A thousand dollars is a steal, and you think that's a lot of money, though. That's a lot of money for most people. 
especially if you're not making any money back from that from that expenditure, if this isn't a business for you, then that's a lot of money. And and then it got me thinking, okay, the holidays are coming up. Many of us are going to want to put things down on our wish lists for people who are going shopping for us. And if a thousand dollars isn't in you know, the, the the budget of your friends who or family members who are shopping for you. Let's say you only had a hundred bucks. What could you what could you really get that's useful for a hundred bucks? And so I gave myself that challenge and I and I walked around looking for things that would be useful that I might want that will be less than a hundred bucks. And as you might guess, there was nothing really there that was going to be groundbreaking, but there were things that were accessories that were that could be useful, that could also help make my photography much more fun as well as uh, make me better and help me do better or at least take better photographs. And so in the the affordability slash accessories episode, I'll report out on what those are and what else you might do if you were trying to get into photography on a budget. Number five is education. And and so we know we all wanna we all wanna learn and we all wanna get better. And so how do we go about that? And you know, I, I did an episode uh, a webinar a while back on learning styles, and we talked about the many different ways to learn. And I know many of you all are in tune with your learning styles because you talked about them on your survey responses. You know, what your learning style um would be. Or, or is, or, or and when you when I ask you what kinds of things um, can I do to, to be more helpful for you, you talked about it, it, many of you, in relationship to your learning style. So I really appreciated knowing that as well. And so with education, when we were on the show floor, we had, my goodness, just as many options. It was something like the microcosm, right? So you had workshops, you had photo tours and and photo um, photo walks, you had um, free free seminars, you had all kinds of things. You had your celebrities, I call them. I like that name celebrities because these are the internet celebrity photography teachers who you know, we all know, and they were there and they were pushing their own agendas. Most of them have online learning options. And so there are just so many ways to learn. You could get overwhelmed just on the show floor, as I'm sure many of you and us are, as we try to think about how we learn and how we learn best. And so I want to talk about that in some detail and, and really sort of dig into all of the learning options and ways you and you might make sense of it and how you might um f- within your budget structure uh, almost a strategy to to learn as much as you can wow with all the the many options there and the last time I did it I had all the options I knew of and so many of my webinar listeners added their own so I have Really a good resource, I think, of all the learning options. Well, not all, but many of the learning options out there. And so we'll put together resources of all of them when we um, get into that episode. And so these are the five areas. If, if, if I 
were to summarize I, and, and look at these five areas, I would think overall, as I said before, the state of the photography industry is strong. This is the best time to be a photographer because you have no excuse for not being able to create something amazing or to create whatever it is you see in your mind or want to to make between between the the technology and the cameras which now allow you to do so much the software that which will allow you to to recreate the learning options to make the best of it the drones now to get the camera out of your hand and a mile away from you while you still are in control of it oh my goodness there's just so much you can do and uh, and and then what you might even be able to do with the with with a budget so there I think this is a great time to be a photographer because we have so many options now and so many ways to create it. It's really exciting in and of itself. So I'm looking forward to the next several weeks. Um, all five episodes won't come necessarily over the next five, con, you know, uh, five weeks following, but they will be um, tightly grouped within the rest of the the rest of the year. My my goal is to get through this before the year ends. And so we're going into 2016 having finished this. All right. So that's what we're looking at. Um, what do you think about these these areas? Uh, if you have different ideas about where the state of photography might be going that I might not that I'm you think I might have missed. I'd love to hear to hear about that, too. Just drop that into the into the comments of this episode of episode 42 and uh we can start the conversation there all right so that's it for this episode thank you so much for joining um and then we'll get into the rest as we go forward but until then um just give me your feedback and because i'd love to hear from you what you think about this approach Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Shutterbug Life podcast. Of course, this was this was episode 42. And if you want to find it again at episode 42, you will just go to shutterbuglife.com forward slash podcast. And in the search bar, put episode 042. That should take you to this episode. Use the bit.ly link to go directly to it, bit.ly forward slash shutterbuglife042. And uh, at this episode, you will get the show notes on everything I talked about, plus other links that I mentioned or to other, at least other episodes that I mentioned and other resources that you'll find helpful for you as you think about this episode. Now, if you like what we do here, I invite you to, to join the community and hang out with us Every episode comes out weekly, and the only way to make sure you don't miss it is to subscribe. Go to shutterbuglife.com forward slash subscribe. Enter your name and email address, and I will let you know when a new one comes out. And if you listen on on iTunes, then you can find us and subscribe there or on Stitcher. Either of those, you can subscribe and also Leave an honest review if you enjoy that. I'd certainly appreciate that as well. Uh, in between episodes, you can always find us in our Facebook group, the Shutterbug Excursions Facebook group. If you go to fb.shutterbuglife.com, it will take you straight there. And, of course, I will be happy to let you in. And then if you are in the Washington, D.C. area, you can join the meetup. We'll be doing one this coming weekend, as a matter of fact. 
So join the meetup. Just go to meetup.com forward slash shutterbug excursions and you will join our community there. And if you're in, if you are in learning mode, then you can find me at phototourdc.com. And uh, that's where I teach on walking workshops around the Washington, D.C. area. And as I talked about earlier, coming soon in New Orleans. So that's it. I am so glad you joined with us. Thank you so much for staying with us for this episode. We'll do it again next week. So whatever you do for the rest of the week, enjoy your Shutterbug life. Take care. <laughs>